Happy New Year. We are Chris Lee, Blake Lovell, and Max Barr of Southeastern 14, welcoming to our Power Rankings, our first edition of 2024. A reminder, those are brought to you by Bet Online. All major sports are in action this week. College football playoff has kicked off. We had two outstanding semifinal games. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, including news for pro football, the NBA, upcoming fights, and NHL games this season. Head to the website today to get in the action. See all the updated odds for the week. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that is B L E A V, to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. The power rankings always start at the bottom, and I feel like Vanderbilt's been there for a few weeks. Let's find something nice to say about the Commodores. Uh, they won their last game before SEC play, and the game before that, they gave Memphis a scare, took them to the buzzer. Blake, does this get any better for Vanderbilt? Um, I mean, it can't get much worse. So. <laughs> I mean, Max and I talked about it. We've said the same thing for the past couple of weeks and all the videos we've done. Like, it's just, yeah. I mean, Lawrence and Manion, if they play well, Vanderbilt's got a chance. If one of those guys doesn't play well, they're going to get beat many games. Um, that's just, there, there's not much room for error, I think, right now with this team. And we've seen that through, you know, this many games at this point. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, look, if you want to be optimistic, sure. They can build off the Memphis game. They beat Dartmouth. I don't know what that winds up meaning, you know, but it's at least a step in the right direction after the way they have started the season. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're pulling positives, I think the uh, Tassos Camateros coming in has kind of opened up the offense a little bit, a little bit more spacing there. Um, he's he's doing a lot better than I thought he would, to be honest, coming in as a transfer. So he's looked good. Um, just the glaring thing is the three point percentage defense, um, allowing opponents to shoot 40% from three. Um, yeah, that's just not going to hold up, you know, so obviously some things to fix, but as Blake and I have said, you know, the blueprint is there, right. You know, with Mignon and Lawrence and Hey, a team that shoots this well from three, you know, with, with Comateros, you know, being able to stretch the floor a little bit, you know, it's a dangerous team, you know, that can win some games. So a work in progress um but definitely a step in the right direction after the dartmouth game definitely a step in the right direction and now you get to play alabama who <laughs> shoots the three as well as anybody cool. and you're allowing opponents to shoot 40 percent basically from three so it's not an ideal setup after building a little momentum but we'll talk about that game on thursday all right there is about according to the computer model i've got uh it just it says what would the spread be if you you play games on a neutral court Oh, about a six and a half to seven point gap between Vanderbilt and our next team. That is LSU. Uh, the Tigers have been up and down this year and ended the season with wins over Lamar and Northwestern State. That's the non-conference portion of the season, I meant to say. I, I feel like LSU, and I'll start with you, Max. I'm, I'm not saying that the Tigers couldn't crawl out a little bit higher than 13, but I feel like it's going to be tough to see much more than that. Yeah, I mean, this team is a new team now, okay? I, I don't really want to look back at these past results and take too much away from them because this team has completely changed under Jalen Cook. All right, I've been, me and Blake have been saying about the 
the assistant to turnover ratio. I mean, the difference is just unbelievable with, with Jalen Cook. Uh, 5.5 assist to turnover ratio. Mike Williams, Trey Hannibal, and Carlos Stewart, none of them have over a two assist to turnover ratio. So, I mean, the difference is 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 very big from a ball handling st- standpoint. And the team is obviously a completely new team. So, I've got a lot of optimism for this LSU team. I will say, you know, they, they don't have – um, they did. They did win that that Wake Forest game in overtime. So they they've proven they can hang with Power Five competition. Lost a few of the other ones, but new team now. And I have I have some some optimism moving forward with with Jalen Cook back now. Let's Jalen Cook. <laughs> that is the path to success for the LSU yep. Tigers moving forward. So I think there's a there's a decent chance they can finish outside of this bottom four if Jalen Cook just leads the way. And so not saying I would predict it right now. It's going to be hard, but could they beat, could they jump ahead of the next couple teams in our list? Sure. If, if he plays well. So um, yeah. So, so upward momentum for LSU right now, for sure. Blake, what kind of heresy is this that we have your client Dennis Gates in Missouri at 12? Uh, I don't know. I voted him at one, so I'm not sure <laughs> how they got here, to be honest. But um, the math on that doesn't quite add up. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, that's a lot. A lot of you guys, apparently, on the staff, just decided to really steamroll my my number one pick. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't know what else to say. We obviously have talked a lot about Missouri this season, and it's just one of those where we we said coming in the, the year, if you're gonna have questions about Missouri, here's what they are. And all those questions still exist. Like they're the same questions. They're just, they're not great defensively. They still struggle a little bit on the boards. Um, they're, they're using the same type of formula. It's just not as effective this year because they're not as good offensively as they were last year. And that could get them out of a lot of spots that they found themselves in because of the, you know, the defensive issues and the rebounding issues and so forth. So yeah, this team just doesn't, they don't pack that same kind of punch that last year's team did. Not to say that they can't have guys that can, you know, go off and have big games, whether it's a Sean East, you know, Honor, Bates, Carter, so forth. But, yeah, I just – I'm not – it's it's going to be one where they're going to probably be more playing the, the spoiler, uh, I think, this season, just based on what we've seen to this point. Uh, it's early, though. I mean, you know, 13 games in. There's a lot of time to figure it out, but – They've been mixing and matching, and you know they've had injuries too and such. But I don't know. I, I think this is a team that you know, sure they don't have the same kind of ceiling as as last year's, but never never count out the idea that Dennis Gates could figure this thing out and get them moving uh, in the right direction pretty quickly. Yeah, they're still trying to figure out how to uh, how to rebound without Caleb Grill. Um, he had the, the highest defensive rebounding rate. Uh, of the team, a really good rebounding guard, um, strong guard, played for uh, Iowa State, uh, you know, gritty defensive team. So still figuring out how to fill his absence. Um, and me and Blake said it. We Blake, we said on our on our reaction video, we said Georgia, Missouri has a lot of importance to it. Um, you know, both of these teams trying to trying to climb out of the bottom here. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, Blake nailed it. Um, still trying to figure out uh, the rebounding without Grill there from the guard position, but got a big opportunity here on Saturday. Big one. 
All right, next up at 11 is Georgia. And I think we got Georgia in the right spot. I had Georgia at 11, but just humor me here. Georgia's won eight in a row, and I get that probably the best wins in there were Florida State and Georgia Tech, but let's look at some <laughs> some results in college basketball these days. I mean, the SEC has certainly lost its embarrassing share of games, but you saw what happened to Virginia against Notre Dame. You saw what happened to Florida Atlantic, of all teams, after beating Arizona, uh, losing to Florida Gulf Coast. Point being here is that the games that we count as layups haven't been that for everybody. I, I look at Georgia's schedule, and as a very NIT-like schedule. I'm not sure Georgia's played anybody that's going to make the NCAA tournament. Now, look, Oregon might make it. Wake Forest might make it. Miami might make it. Providence might make it. I don't know, but right now, those teams might all be in the NIT. Those are the teams that Georgia's lost to. Uh, with the exception of Wake Forest, which it's beat. It's lost to Oregon, Miami, Providence. Anyway, I, I don't know what to do with Georgia. The computers have them around this same spot in terms of, of how they see the league. But this is a team that, that's won eight in a row headed into conference play, and as we just teased, a big opportunity in front of it, Max. Yeah, I mean, the blueprint is there, right? I mean, you have a point guard that ranks 21st nationally in turnover rate, in, in Noah Thomason. So the transfer has translated well, taking care of the basketball. And you only play one guy under 6'4". We said in the summer, hey, this is going to be an oversized team that's that's going to be gritty, nasty defensively. Uh, I really like that trio of wings they have with Abdur Rahim, with um, RJ Melendez, and now... Um, RJ Sunahara, all six, seven, six, eight. You know, that's a lot of length and physicality. So it's going to be a tough team to play. Um, and yeah, you know, you don't have that that marquee win in the non-conference, but you're going to have plenty of opportunities here in conference play. And I think the uh, I think the team's playing well together. Yeah, I mean, keep in mind, Georgia started ten and three last year too. Um, they finished sixteen and sixteen. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just pointing out that this is. We say this about a lot of teams. Like there are a lot of teams that may start off well, and I think we're going to have the same discussion about South Carolina and Ole Miss because they've been the surprise teams. But all of a sudden, you get an SEC play, and it's just it's different. And maybe that's the case for Georgia. Maybe it's not. But um, clearly, again, let's let's all remember where this program was two seasons ago: uh, six and twenty-six, completely bottomed out. Now, so they started eleven and three last year because they won their opener against Auburn. They're ten and three this year. Very winnable game at Missouri on Saturday. Um, so yes, the program this is exactly what they wanted when they hired Mike White. Like they just wanted to get things going in the right direction, and th th they're there. Like we'll just see if they can have more success in SEC play this season than they did last season. But yeah, I mean, eighth longest win streak in the country right now. You'll take that for a team that was six and twenty six two seasons ago. Yeah. Next up. At number 10, Arkansas. And I, I think this has been the surprise story of the SEC. If you told me before the season Arkansas is going to be 10, I've been, yeah, they, 10 sounds about right. Uh, top 10 team in the country. No, we're, it's 10 in the SEC as of this morning. Um, now, look, Eric Musselman has done this for several years. They play their better ball from about mid to late January on. And, and my guess is with the talent, that's more what we're going to see. But, Max, I'm – 
keeping a, a set of power rankings in front of me, and there's about a seven to ten point difference between Arkansas and that upper tier of the league. This is not the team we thought we were going to see. No, and there were the there were the doubts from from some people in the offseason about everything meshing together with so many new pieces. We were optimistic. We were on the op- optimistic side. Um, but even though they have not looked good, right, they, they have not passed the eye test, as you would like to say, um, they do have some things that they do very well, okay? They protect the rim as good as anybody in the nation, right? Uh, I think they're three or four in block rate defensively and first in block rate offensively. They do not get their shot blocked. Um, and then they have the ninth best free throw rate also. They get to the line. They attack the rim. Uh, and you saw last game against Wilmington, Devo Davis kind of comes out of his shell. Um, there's, you know, still plenty of holes defensively, and you would like that assist rate offensively to come up. Maybe Menafield helps that out. Um, but some other people were right on this one where you never know with Muss how long it's going to take to to get this team firing on all cylinders. Was that Wilmington win getting over the hump? Could be. Um, Still a lot of defensive holes, but with Menafield, the offense looks more like the Arkansas offense we expected. I'll say that. I am going to make a mm, – this is a bold prediction, and you're going to I'm going to tell you why because the, their schedule is not as easy as some may think. Their first – let's see, one, they play Auburn at home on Saturday. They go to Georgia. They go to Florida. Home against A&M. Home against South Carolina at Ole Miss. Home against Kentucky. That's a pretty – tough stretch of seven games right there uh, for a team that's been struggling as Arkansas has at times, especially on the defensive side. But I am going to make the bold prediction that I think this will be the lowest Arkansas will be in our power rankings the rest of the year. Um, I think they will start to move up after this. But like I said, I say that that schedule is not really lenient. Um, Again, just starting on Saturday against Auburn, who is much higher in our rankings as we'll see. So I don't know. We're, we'll find out if the must bus is officially back on track. They've got a three-game winning streak. Max and I talked about the Wilmington game. Impressed with a lot of things they did there. Not everything, but a lot of things they did. Um, it was easy to be impressed. And I'd just like to let Arkansas fans know that you should be upset with these rankings because of here's the reason. To this point in our power rankings this week, our staff composite rankings, we have followed the net rankings to a T. And anytime anyone does that, you should be completely, you know, infuriated at this point because <laughs> no one should do that. Because, yes, Vanderbilt, the lowest rated team in the net in the SEC, LSU, second lowest, Missouri, third lowest, Georgia, fourth lowest, Arkansas, fifth lowest, Arkansas at 89 in the net ranking. So we better we better reverse course here soon because <laughs> if we're following these net rankings this week, I, I'm not I'm not going to be a part of this nonsense. So. <clears throat> Next up, number nine, the South Carolina Gamecocks. I feel like oh, thank been goodness in Finally. this spot for a minute. <laughs> Man, sorry, South Carolina fans. I know you want to be higher, but we we have veered off the course of the net rankings. Now they are three spots higher than we have them. So you should you should be following the net if you're a South Carolina fan. The Carolina is twelve and one. The lone loss being to Clemson. Uh, wins of note, uh, Grand Canyon and Virginia Tech could end up being NCAA tournament teams. Uh, other than that, the schedule was um, not so challenging. But, hey, this is a, a team under Lamont Paris. This is building. It is number 41 
in offensive efficiency at Bart Torvik this morning. It is old. Max, anxious to see how the Gamecocks hold it together as we begin SEC play and the schedule gets tougher. Yeah, Ken Palm has this game against Mississippi State separated by half a point. I, this is going to be a great game coming up here. Um, you know, what bad can you say about this South Carolina team? Great non-conference, much better non-conference than I expected. Um, I mean, your only loss is a good loss, a great loss at Clemson, you know? So, I mean, this is the 18th oldest team in the country. Uh, they've got a great turnover rate thanks to Mr. Cooper coming in from Minnesota. So, I mean, in the, in what I've said before is this team passes the eye test. You know, you can just look at numbers and be like, ah, oh, they're good here, they're not good there. You watch the South Carolina team, they play inside out, they take care of the ball, they've got shooters and spacing. I love my big BJ Mac. Uh, and yeah, I mean, team's in position to have the best season in some time here. Um, big one on Saturday. I'm going to say that for almost every game, but just because of how close this game is going to be, I bet the spread's no bigger than one, two points on this Mississippi State-South Carolina game. Um, yeah, just huge opportunity here to to really rock. If they win this game handily against Mississippi State, man, they're for real, for real. Well, I mean, they're better to this point in almost every statistical category than they were a season ago, like legitimately almost every category. Um, but, of course, that was a finished product at the end of the season after playing 32 games. They played 13 to this point. So will all this hold? That's the question. And a big opportunity, as we'll talk about, when we do our preview for that game uh, probably on Thursday. But, yeah, a big opportunity against Mississippi State. And uh, I already think they're for real. Now, that's not to say that I think they're going to finish – on top five in the SEC or anything, but I think what we've seen to this point, there's reason to be confident that they have enough pieces to at least be a team that can finish 500 or better in the SEC, which I think will get you in the NCAA tournament this year. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens with, with Gamecocks. Uh, there is, you know, as we said, there's been a lot of good to this point, and as the schedule starts to get tougher, does that continue? Uh, we will find out uh, here soon enough. So. Florida at number eight, kind of hard to argue breaking Florida much higher or lower than this. Just a team that I, again, don't really know what to make of. The resume so far hasn't been great. Went over, hit at a neutral site. That's a borderline NCAA tournament team. Uh, the, the losses, though, have been to good teams. Virginia, Baylor, Wake Forest, most of those pretty close. And then a, a bunch of other wins that aren't of much consequence. Maybe the Michigan win ends up being something. That was that crazy double overtime game a couple of weeks ago. Blake, I feel like with Florida, last year the Gators were pretty high in the computer rankings. The rankings had them in that NCAA tournament range most of the year, even though the, the, the results just really weren't there to back it up. I feel like this team is better, and we're about to find out, but what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I think Florida's better than this. Um, and the reason why is if you look at the common denominator in all three of their losses, they've been missing a player in all three of their losses. And so I think if you consider that against Virginia, they didn't have their best ball handler. I mean, I don't think it's Zion Pullen didn't play. They lost by three. Against Baylor, they're missing – who was it, Max? Tan Logan didn't play in Tan that Logan. one. 
and he didn't play in the Wake Forest game, right? right. Now, I'm not saying that you know he plays and they win all those games. I'm just saying that it is something I think you have to consider, which we'll talk about with another team here in a minute that's been missing a key player um, in some of those games. But I think Florida is the team to watch here because um, I won't spoil anything when we make our, our preview and predictions for that Kentucky game. But, I mean, this is a team that's won six in a row. That double overtime win, as Max and I talked about whenever we did that video, I think that was huge for their confidence just to win a game like that. I know Michigan six and seven. Just lost lost to the fighting Will Wades. But um, I think the Gators are starting to find something here. And I think they've got a little more depth than I thought. You're seeing some of those guys that have been able to step into the minutes when guys have been out. I think that's going to help them moving forward. Uh, I'm not ready to go all in on the Gators just yet. But I do think they're a team that's starting to hit all the right um, points that they need to get ready for this grind of SEC play and great opportunity coming up against the, the Cats on Saturday. And they've done it with Riley Kugel not really playing to the level we thought Riley Kugel would play. You know, and that yeah. that goes to say something about this team's depth. I mean, they got five guys averaging double digits, right? Uh, I like to say with this team and sometimes with Kentucky too and Alabama, the guards are inevitable. You don't know which one's going to have a game, but one of them's going to have a game. You know, uh, I think this past game against Quinnipiac, it was Will Richard. You know, someone, one of those guards is going to have a nice game. And when you're second in the nation in rebounds per game, you can afford that. Um, so, yeah, I like I like how you said in every loss they didn't have a guy. So, I mean, there's an argument that at full strength, this team is undefeated. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the it's all laid out in front of them here for this this Saturday game at home. Uh, you, you're you're catching a good Kentucky team at home to start conference play. Doesn't get any better than that. All right. Speaking of teams that got guys back, Mississippi State got Tulu Smith back. He goes for what was it, sixteen and nine in the win over Bethune Cookman on New Year's Eve. This team discovered scoring with Josh Hubbard while he was gone. We know they can defend. I mean, the only thing that's the only bone to pick on this team is that little December hiccup where it lost to Georgia Tech and, and Southern Games. State shouldn't have lost, but this team's got a lot of pieces, Max. They do have a lot of pieces, and one of the pieces from the early season that was having a great first few games that I thought was going to be a major piece for this team was Trey Fort. Kind of disappeared out of the lineup down the stretch here. Played 16 minutes against uh, Bethune-Cookman, and, and Jan said in the, the post game said uh, Fort is finally playing the way we want to play basketball. Um, and I think that's a huge boost, huge boost for this team because of his shooting. If, if he's starting to play a Chris Jan style and he's going to be getting 15-plus minutes a game, it's huge for this team's spacing. Um, we could talk about Tolu all day long, just the, the difference he has, the impact he has. Um, if there's a team that is wrongly ranked, and has a chance to just rocket up these rankings. It's it's this team now at, at full strength with Tolu Smith. Uh, the the opportunity is there. Yeah, I, I will say what I probably said in the last video. I don't remember specifically if I, I said it in in this way, but they started one and seven in SEC play last year. Remember, right? Like they were. It's like, oh man, this team has no shot. I would argue, looking at the schedules, which I've tried to do, I think, yet again, they may have the toughest first half schedule of anybody in the SEC. It lets up a little bit 
in the back end, I think. But the front end, because of South Carolina being improved, they start at South Carolina, they host Tennessee, they host Alabama, they're at Kentucky, host Vanderbilt, at Florida, home against Auburn, at Ole Miss, at Alabama. That's their first, what, nine games of the SEC slate? Like, on paper right now, that's as tough as anybody's. And so it's a great time to get Mr. Smith back um, because Mr. Smith will not be going to Washington. He will be going to Starkville, (laughs) and Chris will get that. I get it. As a a 40s movie reference. 50s, 40s. Well, Jimmy Stewart. Um, yeah, so I, I'm just telling you that I this is one where it's a great time to get him back. And I think, as Max and I talked about in the last video, maybe there's one of those things where you at least get him back into a game against Bethune-Cookman. Everybody kind of starts to get on the same page. Maybe a few ups and downs. As, well, everybody does kind of get used to playing together a bit more. Um, but, man, there's great opportunity in this part of the schedule. There's also, again, very little room for error given how tough it looks on paper. So should be fun to see what this Mississippi State team can do now that it's got um, Tolu Smith back. Number six, Ole Miss. Uh, our rankings varied on Ole Miss. Only unbeaten team in the league. Computers do not love the Rebels, uh, but, of course, Ole Miss started getting pieces back. It has pieced together some nice wins. Uh, I, I think at this point you just kind of have to throw out November uh, in which – Ole Miss just beat everybody it played in underwhelming fashion. All right, Max, you, you always get the first word on Ole Miss, so have at it, my man. This team and its relationship with Ken Palm just has thrown me for a loop. I love I love my analytics, but, man, it, the, the numbers are just so wrong on this team. I've said it time and time again. Um, we did not expect the shooting from this team, but man, are they shooting the lights out top 10 nationally in three point shooting. Um, if you go on to Bart Torvik, you can filter, you know, different times, different games. And I looked at the box plus minus of the, of players just from December, just seeing who's been playing well. And Matt Morrell is right there up, up in the top 10. Um, this, the steals, the defense, this team just looks good, and 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 they have that strong eight-man rotation now. They're not going nine. They're not going seven. It's an eight-man rotation with two seven-footers, four to five guards. Um, it just looks solid to me. Looks solid, but you probably can't have a tougher first game of conference play than than going to Knoxville. So uh, we'll see. But the the eye te- the eye test is looking good right now. Yeah, our friends at the net have Ole Miss at 60. As I said, that was that would put them as ninth in the SEC. In the net, Lenardi this morning had them as an eight seed and falling. So you're 13-0, you're falling as an eight seed. Um, but again, that's just a product, I think, of you need a little bit more on the resume to this point. And um, hey, there's no, like you said, there's no better opportunity than what they're going to have against Tennessee on Saturday. So like we mentioned, Max, I mean, these are a lot of statement games in this yep. first slate of, of SEC play, and this is a big one for Ole Miss. But to this point, when I started saying every game they're going to play is going to be decided by 10 points or fewer, well, they've done nothing since then but beat everybody, you know, just blowing people out. So they've gotten the message loud and clear that if you want to improve your standing in the net and uh, the computers, 
just start beating teams, uh, you know, in, in impressive fashion. And any win over Tennessee would be a good win on Saturday. So, yeah, uh, what else can you say? They're undefeated. No other SEC team is. And if you want to pick a bone with us for having them at six for that reason, go for it. And now we get to Alabama at five, which oh, computers love. Bart what Torbick's got Alabama at three today. Alabama does not have much of a resume uh, because the, most of the, the the games against really good teams, Ohio State, Clemson, Purdue, Creighton, Arizona, and look, those are probably all top. Well, I mean, Purdue's, Purdue and Arizona would be one seeds today, I would think, uh, and those other teams would all be in the tournament. I mean, best win so far, Indiana State. Uh, and then just beat the ever-living tar out of Liberty. When you score 101 points against Liberty, like, what's that say? I'll tell you what it says. It's time, okay? I am I am planting my flag on what I know has been a bad defensive team, but I am telling you that I think Alabama has a great chance to win the SEC at 8-5. and five, I know they're 8-5. and five. I know they've lost every significant game they played to this point against the five best teams they played but i can see it i can see the wheels turning like i can see that it's there now, i'm going to say all this and we know what's going to happen vanderbilt's going to have the performance of a lifetime on saturday and they're going to come out and beat alabama and we're going to loop this thing um in every video we play instead of doing our, our ad read this is going to be what we play um to showcase our knowledge the rest of the way but I'm just telling you, I, I look, I'm not the computer guy. You guys know this. Like I have never been all in on the computers, but I think they're, they're on to something here with Alabama. And I know it's just a product of how well they've scheduled. And that always helps you when you, you do that. But I see it. Like I am telling, I think the reason I am so high on this team is I don't know how many sec teams are going to be able to stop Alabama. And so they may give up some points, but I am looking down the list here. And yes, they're going to have some tough game, like two of their first three road games at Mississippi State at Tennessee. Could Alabama go out and just lay an egg and score 60-something? Possibly, because those are two teams you play on the road. It happens to everybody. But I don't know. Like, I, I just think they're going to outscore teams. Like, I, th I just think it's going to happen based on how they play offense and how good they've been to this point. Now, yes, it was a struggle to do that. But let's keep in mind, like, think about it. Four of their five losses all away from home. How many SEC teams against the group of Ohio State, Purdue, Creighton, and Arizona? How many SEC teams come out of there with even one win? I think at most there's probably two, maybe three. I mean, in, in all honesty, based on what we've seen to this point, I think there's maybe two or three teams in the SEC that would win one of those games. But – they had their chance, right? They had their chance against Purdue. They had their chance against Creighton. The Arizona game was a little more, you know, the wrong direction. Ohio State game, yeah, but it was game five. I'm willing to kind of throw that one out a little bit. But planting my flag on the Crimson Tide. We'll see if it turns out uh, to, to work. But I just think they're they're so good offensively that I think they got a chance to beat everybody on their schedule. You could also flip that and say defensively there have been the lapses to the point to where they could lose to anybody on their schedule. But I don't know. I just there's something about this team that I like. I mean, I really do. I know they're eight and five, but I really like this team. So, well, I'll put it this way: the offense, I don't see it going anywhere. Right? They they've played the the toughest of the toughest teams. The offense is still there, right? And it's there's 
I mean, Tennessee, Mississippi State, you got some great SEC defenses. Um, Creighton's got a great defense with Kalkbrenner in the middle. Ohio State's got a great defense. Clemson, great defense. You know, like Arizona got the seven-footers on seven-footers. So the defense, the, the offense is not going to – I don't see it regressing at all. Now the defense, can it get better? Most definitely. You're figuring out what, what the front court looks like. Your uh, right cell's coming on. So I agree with Blake. The, the offense is not going anywhere, and the defense, I see it getting a little bit better. So, I mean, come on. How many times has this team scored 100 points? They're setting program records for scoring. Five. Fuck, jeez. Uh, and, and 98 and 98 and 99 say, also 98 and 99 too so like half their games they play they've scored at least 98 points this season it's time to buy in so look i i know we can only rank teams at this point and, and i'm i'm kind of having fun with like projecting ahead but yes i understand why we would rank them at five right now because i mean again that's still kind of high when you think about it remember we got an unbeaten old miss team behind them and alabama has five losses but i just think that there's enough there to where who's won this league two out of the last three years. It's been Alabama. And I know this team's different. You know, their defense is not as good. And that was one of the reasons I think they won the league two out of the last three times or whatever, because they were so good defensively. But if they just can get to being good defensively, not great, just good. Yep. They can just be good. They will beat. They will win. I think 12 or more sec games. If they're just good defensively. Which I think if you win 12 or more SEC games this season, you've got a chance to compete for the league title. So they scored 101 on Liberty. I mean, when is the last time anybody hit 100 on Liberty? Yeah, it's no. probably been a while, is my guess. Well, Alabama, yeah. actually, I, I got the trivia note for you. Alabama <laughs> scored 95 against them last year. So, okay. um, but I think that would probably be your best. Yeah, like I'm looking back on the, yeah, it's it's been a while. Okay, Texas A&M at four, um, and a lot of that is probably baked in bias, knowing what their roster was and what it did a year ago. I, I don't, I don't know how anybody could pick a big bone with this. They've they've had some nice wins. They played a more challenging, a more challenging non-conference schedule. More challenging, or 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 challenging. I'll, I'll quit like talking. A scallop? And let you go. Just some kind of scallop. I like a scallop with a. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Have at it. I mean, yeah. you were you the high man ahead, on Blake. A&M, ahead, Chris. I was. I was. They were my preseason pick. Just for the record, it was a tie. Alabama and Texas A&M tied in the uh, the voting this week, but A&M had the higher the high vote. So your high vote put A&M at four and Alabama at five. So Alabama fans, please send all messages to at Chris Lee seventy on Twitter <laughs> slash X. Um, Alabama fans may be occupied with something else right now, but um, yeah, I mean, well, what do you have against my, Buzz Williams? Who? Who does? What are you talking about? You, me? You? What do you mean? What do I have against Buzz Williams? I mean, you, you could have ranked him higher, and then we wouldn't have this discussion. I ranked him at I ranked him at five. I put him right behind Alabama. So please let's let's not get if we want to talk about somebody's got a bone to pick with Buzz Williams. Well, there's someone else in this conversation that had them lower than I did. So, but look, Max and I said it in the video yesterday. Tyrese Radford back. They're they're going to be a different team. A&M another team. Chalk it up. I think these top five teams have all have a chance to win the, the conference. 
And that's a good place to be in heading into league play. Cause I don't know that we've always said that about the sec. Usually it's been pretty clear where you're like, all right, it's probably this team or that team. And that's it. I think you got five teams legitimately that can win the conference right now. Um, so AM, AM's one of those teams with Tyree Stratford. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're definitely trending in the right direction. Um, with, with Radford coming back, I had him at six, right? So not too far off. The only reason is I don't put too much weight into that Iowa state when I think Iowa state stinks. I don't think they're very good at all. Um, but that Houston game, I've said it, they have Tyrese Radford in that game completely different and where you don't really shoot the ball well at all. You're the number one offensive rebounding team in the country. So it doesn't matter. Um, Anderson Garcia has just been phenomenal stepping in for, for Julius marble ish, you know, in the front court. Um, so I had him at, I had him at six, but I mean, they, they come into a nice little start here of, of conference play. You get LSU twice in January, right? So definitely room, uh, room to improve, especially with, I mean, you get your guy back, you get Radford back, you know, it changes everything. So definitely moving up. Number three, Auburn, top 20 in Bart Torvik in both offense and defense. Again, not a not a phenomenal resume. Wins over Indiana. Don't know what that'll be worth. Southern Cal, not sure about that one either. Uh, St. Bonaventure, Virginia Tech. I mean, some, some nice wins, but nothing that just really pops off the page. But the computers have loved this team. It's got a lot of ingredients. And really looking forward to seeing how, how these guys do in that opener against Arkansas, Blake. Yep. I mean, as again, as we've discussed, they've, they've kind of just beaten up on everybody. Um, minus the two games they've lost, everybody else, they've just they've just taken it to them, right? They, they haven't played in a lot of close games. I mean, they've only played in, what, two close games this year. So, um, you know, is that something that comes back? You start to get in those close games. You don't really have that experience yet as a team, this unit. But I think that's a little different because – you know, they're playing multiple guys who, you know, have been here before and kind of been in these spots, whether it's Jalen Williams or Broom and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, we've said it, Max. I mean, this is the kind of team that, on paper, if you're filling out like an NCAA tournament bracket, you know, if I was doing it right now and, and we were taking everything we had, like Auburn's the kind of team I'd probably have advancing pretty far just because they do so many things well. Um, and they don't really have any significant deficiencies anywhere. And I think that's why I'm pretty high on them. And and once again, it was a consensus across the board at number three. We all had Auburn at three. Um, and again, I just – actually, no, wait a second. I'm sorry. Chris had A&M at three. I apologize. I don't know what Chris is watching. Um, but <laughs> – I'm just kidding. Uh, but, yeah, like – This is – Throw one another under the bus power rankings edition. Here, Max. <laughs> Listen, I'm just this saying, how this works. I'm just pointing out, okay, that uh, you know, at one I'm point they out. were a consensus pick, but then Chris had to throw in his AM number three. But um, no, I, again, though, I, I think Auburn is just a team that is doing so many things well right now. And I know, again, scheduling wise, could you compare it to an Alabama? No, but th- there is a lot of confidence there in some of these guys. Remember they're playing younger guys too. We talked about younger guys as in an Aiden Holloway, but guys who are newer to the system. Um, and you're starting to see some of these guys, you know, make key contributions. And so, yep. Play pin on Tuesday. And then they open up at Arkansas on Saturday. Yeah. The, I mean, the balance on this team has been talked about 
And I mean, it's 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 a truly 10, 10 deep team. I mean, you go look on Ken Palm and the the minutes percentage, the minutes distribution. They got ten guys over forty percent with no one in the sixties. I mean, they they just they've got a true ten man rotation. Now, is that going to hold true in SEC play? I don't know. You know, we'll 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 see. But you, I think you said it, Blake. This team doesn't have any holes right now. Uh, you know, maybe they could defend without following a little bit better. But I mean, offensively, they just. The assist rate is phenomenal. They're they're smooth. Uh, you know, you come a few baskets away in the first game against Baylor, and that was App State's Super Bowl. I mean, the place was a zoo that time, and App State's not bad at all. So, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to say. There's not an argument that this this is one of the the top two, top three teams in the in the SEC right now. They just they look phenomenal. They're killing teams. I mean, not every not everyone is killing teams. I mean, what one, two, three, four, five straight by like twenty. I mean, they're just crushing teams. So, geez, you I mean you got to give them the credit, right? And now we get to that place where we've been for about a month, where we sit around and say, "Are we going to take Tennessee or Kentucky as number one?" <clears throat> I had the Vols. I got outvoted. Uh, Tennessee has, I think, probably pretty easily played the toughest schedule in the league. To date, um, you know, the, the only really bad thing you could say about the Vols is they didn't take advantage of that Thanksgiving weekish span where they lost to Purdue, Kansas, and North Carolina, but no shame in that. Did beat Illinois with Terrence Shannon Jr., did win at Wisconsin. Uh, this just in the Vols can defend and are, are going to be a contender for the league title, Blake. Yeah, once again, it's like choosing which child you love more. Tennessee and Kentucky, both our children here at the top. Um, don't worry, Arkansas fans. You've I don't know, you kind of like you've been putting timeouts for a little bit. They're the, they're the step-headed child in timeout for now. Missouri and Arkansas, we know, were kind of the the children last year. Um, you're just you're just in timeout for a little bit. That's all. Uh, but right now, yeah, it's like choosing between Tennessee and Kentucky. I don't. I'm not going to argue with anybody. If you want to put Tennessee at one grade, if you want to put Kentucky at one grade, it's just they're they're both really good. They're both Final Four good, in my opinion. Um, you know, like I said, Max, you, you put these guys on a neutral court right now. I can't imagine the spreads any higher than two one way or the other. Uh, I just think that's what you would get between these two teams. And so I don't have a lot more to add. I mean, I just, these are the two best teams in the sec and put them in whatever order you want to put them in. Uh, even though we have Tennessee at two, I always say it's just, it's one a and one B like, I don't think any of us are just, Oh, here's why Tennessee is definitely number one. Here's why Kentucky is definitely number one. Like it's just, this is where we are with these two. So, I mean, they're both top 10 in the country right now, you know? Yeah. Um, so the one thing I'll say about Tennessee is, uh, I don't know if you remember, but in one of our first weeks of power rankings, I pulled up a stat from Bart Torvik that Zakai Ziegler was bottom three in the SEC and plus minus just was not playing Zakai Ziegler basketball. Well, in the month of December, he was plus 8.3. All right, that's top 15 in the conference. So he is back and better than ever, right? So, you know, you, you had no Toby Awaka for some games. Dalton Connect was a little bit banged up. We heard Jordan Ganey was a little bit banged up. Ziegler coming off injury. I mean, you had a lot of moving pieces there the first month or so, and now they're all healthy, all back. So, could see it either way one two and then as for Kentucky 
you you can make an argument that DJ Wagner, all right, in every game he started, which was every game except UNCW, every game he started, they'd scored over 80 points. Every game. So similar to Bama, it's like you're either scoring over 80 or you're losing this team. It's kind of just how it is. So yeah, true one A, one B. The the two the two at the top here still sitting up. Yeah, the computers I'm looking at have got Tennessee about a point and a half favored over Kentucky. But I think we all agree, like if every team in this league played to their potential, I think Kentucky comes out as the best. I'd agree. Yeah, I I don't have a strong agreement on it, but like I okay, who I who would think... be your who would be in that conversation? I mean, Tennessee would be in the conversation. No, it's Tennessee. Sure. Yeah, I mean that yeah. that would be my only other pick would be Tennessee. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's I, I think this just there's not a lot that separates those two teams. And you look at they don't play till February third, and then they play last game of the regular season in Knoxville on March the ninth. So, um. It'll be interesting to see how these two teams start. Kentucky, as we said, opens up at Florida on Saturday. Missouri at home at A and M, home against Mississippi State, home against Georgia. That's a a fairly decent, I think, five game stretch to open up SEC play. Although, again, those two road games at Florida and A and M are tough. Then Tennessee, we talked about, they host Ole Miss at Mississippi State, which is tough. At Georgia, home against Florida, home against Alabama. So, yeah, it's um, we'll see where these two teams are at after five games, but. I still think long term, I think they're the two best teams in the league. So, all right, that is it for our first edition of Power Rankings for the calendar year 2024. Thanks to Max Barr and Blake Lovell for joining me. This is Southeastern 14 presented by Bet Online.